Hello, and thank you for tuning in again live today. It is Sunday, October 22nd. It is 1 p.m., and you are currently watching the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group here live on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. My name is Jason Leeser. I will be your host for today. And if you're watching this, please drop a comment or hit the like button or do something to indicate that I'm coming through clearly for you. And do everyone a favor, tag everyone that you know that loves tattoos. Maybe it's someone looking to get their first tattoo. Maybe it's someone that is interested in becoming a tattoo artist. Tag them all. Uh, we're always trying to get new people in on this show, uh, whether it's tattoo or fine art related. So please tag everyone that you know that loves art and tattoos. And welcome to Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are encouraged to join in these live streams, real world events, to share and inspire and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. We beam out nearly every day and with your help have evolved into a quality network of amazing live and on-demand tattoo and art shows that have all been getting rave reviews. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo in both of the app stores, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, as well as our Reinventing the Tattoo YouTube channel, our Reinventing the Tattoo Roku channel, which has 12 to 15 episodes going at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as well as all of the major podcast directories such as Apple and Spotify. Or you can do what most people do and just open your browser and do a search for Reinventing the Tattoo. Um, everything will pop up. It's all right there at your fingertips, except for the book. The book is currently out of print. Um, I'm still looking for a copy of it. So if you find a copy, please let me know. I would like to purchase it. But no matter where you were watching live or on demand, you can always get the latest and most up-to-date information all available at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. You can try it out for free. You don't have to subscribe right away. You can do, you actually have one of three different options for trying it out. You can pick a sample webinar from the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon, or you can get some free advice from Guy Aitchison about your unique goals and goal setting, or you can take a comprehensive tattoo history course from Jay Brown, which is absolutely awesome. If you're a tattoo history nerd like I am, I highly recommend it. It's absolutely phenomenal. Take a look at that. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. At reinventingthetattoo.com, you can also find a full event schedule with weekly and special event live stream details. For example, say you wanted to jump in on today's show, you could go to reinventingthetattoo.com and find a full event calendar, and you could click on the link and it would take you right to the Zoom page where you can jump on this Zoom with me and we can talk about whatever you wanted to talk about. At reinventingthetattoo.com, you can also find the Reinventing 24-7 channel, which is a lot like our Roku channel. It's got 13 different episodes playing, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, and it's absolutely phenomenal. Highly recommend that. And you also have access to over 20 world-class tattoo professional development seminars, all at reinventingthetattoo.com. 
And that library is growing. Um, I know for a fact that we are adding some additional material coming up soon. So please keep your eyes peeled for that. We've got black and gray seminars from people like Seth Mushrush um, and a whole host of other ones that were recently recorded at the Paradise Tattoo Gathering um, up at Jiminy Peak, Massachusetts. Uh, it was absolutely incredible. I'm still kind of recovering from it, even though it has been uh, over a week since I left for it. Uh, but it is absolutely incredible. Highly recommend you take a look at it. Once again, if this is working for you, please let me know in the comments and in the chats. And please tag a friend who loves tattoos. We have a number of weekly staple shows we always encourage people to tune into, starting off on Sundays at 1 p.m. with me, Jason Leeser, for the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group. And that's followed on Mondays with four different shows throughout the day. Starting off on Monday at 9 a.m., we have Drawing Four Tattooers with James Wisdom, where we get to go through and we discuss basic drawing techniques and strategies to help us really refine our drawing abilities. As we know, being tattoo artists, uh, a lot of that is fine art based. And because it is fine art based, it's always good for us to revisit the fundamentals every now and then. Um, and you can definitely do that. And you can start thinking about things in a different way, all by taking a look at drawing for tattooers at 9 a.m. Monday mornings with James Wisdom. Following drawing for tattooers at 11 a.m., we have the Tattoo Weekly Show with Gabe Ripley, Lauren Gregory, and Jake Meeks from the Fireside Tattoo Network, where we get to go through and discuss current events in the tattoo industry. Um, anything that may be impacting our industry or um, maybe it's a new development or maybe it's a new show coming out. Uh, all of this and a lot more is discussed during the Tattoo Weekly and that's 11 a.m. on Mondays. Following that, at 5 p.m., we have Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple, where we have a safe place to go to to kind of discuss some of the challenges that may be facing us in this industry. Um, Let's Talk About Feelings gives us a really great place to go through and ask for advice and talk with other artists about you know, maybe work-life balance, or maybe have a place to go to to vent about, you know, problem clients or strategies on how to increase your foot traffic. Um, it's a great place to go, go to to kind of discuss some of these challenges that we all face in this industry. And that's 5 p.m. Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple. Following that, at 9 p.m. on Monday evenings, we have a subscription Scribers exclusive drawing group with Sandy McAndrew from the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Um, now, this event uh, at 9 p.m. on Monday evenings is only available for people that have a subscription to the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon or the Reinventing the Tattoo Evolution course. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, doing these Monday night drawing groups alone is worth the cost. It's absolutely incredible sitting down every week, we go over a different topic in the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon. Um, and we get to go through and really practice that and really work on that and really kind of explore the intricacies of each one of each of those parts. Um, highly recommend it. Like I said, that alone is worth the money. Following all of those shows on Mondays, on Wednesdays at 12 p.m., we have the Tattoo Now show with Gabe Ripley, 
where we get to go through and discuss uh, more of the business side of tattooing. You know, maybe it's marketing or branding, or maybe it's international travel visas. Maybe it's, um, you know, looking at exposure at conventions, uh, ways to get noticed. All of these subjects and more are covered. That's on Wednesdays at 12 p.m., the Tattoo Now Show with Gabe Ripley. Following that and capping off our week on Thursdays at 6 p.m., we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast with Fawn Baker. Um, absolutely incredible show. Highly recommend you take a look at it. Um, it is awesome. We get to go through and hear stories about people collecting their tattoos, and we get to talk about different subjects in the tattoo industry. Um, highly recommend you take a look at that one. Once again, that is 6 p.m., the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast. As well, coming up, we have a special event. Uh, I will be beaming out live from the International Puerto Rico Tattoo Convention, December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd uh, in beautiful San Juan, Puerto Rico. Um, I almost said San Juan, California. Wow. Um, yeah, as you can tell, I'm still kind of recovering from the Paradise Gathering a little bit. Uh, that is going to be taking place in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and I will be joined by some absolutely unbelievable artists. Um, I will be working in a booth next to James Wisdom and Seth Mushrush. I will also be joined by Fast Alley from Lost and Found Tattoo in New Jersey. Jimmy D'Alessio will be there. Uh, we'll be tattooing uh, pretty close to him in the booth next to us. Bill Canales will be there, the Dragon Master from San Diego. Um, can't wait to talk to him a bit more in depth about, you know, Japanese style dragons. Uh, Fibs will be there and we're going to try to get an interview with him as well as the entire Tex family from Canada. Um, and that's just a few of the many artists that will be in attendance at the Puerto Rico Tattoo Convention, December 1st, 2nd and 3rd. Um, if you guys are ever interested in an absolutely A-list show with incredible tattoo artists from around the world, I, I mean, this show gets people that fly in from Europe, all over the U.S., Canada, um, all over the place. Highly recommend you take a look at it. Plus, it's in Puerto Rico. Uh, yeah. In December, mm -hmm. if you want to get away from your cold environment, take a trip. It's really not that expensive. You don't need a passport. Highly recommend you take a look at that convention. Uh, would like to go through and take a second to thank some of our sponsors and some of the people that make these shows happen. Starting off with worldtattooevents.com. It is the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. They're constantly keeping their schedules updated. As we know, living in this post-pandemic era, there are still certain tattoo events that are getting rescheduled like crazy. So if you're looking for the latest and greatest, most up-to-date tattoo event information coming to a city or town near you, or maybe it's one you want to visit, take a look at worldtattooevents.com. Um, would also like to thank tattoonow.com, technology for tattooers, the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattooers of all levels. They're constantly keeping everything upgraded and competitive with any type of CRM mailing list or scheduling software out there. They also build websites if you're ever interested in a new website. So take a look at tattoonow.com 
these are the people that can go through and help you attract more clients that want to get the kind of work that you really want to tattoo. Um, this is where you go to do that. And this is how you do that and where you can get the tools to do that. Would also like to thank Guy Aitchison at GuyAitchison.com. He is the founder and inspiration behind reinventing the tattoo. You can go to GuyAitchison.com where you can pick up a copy of his Biomech Encyclopedia, uh, some of his custom tutorial DVDs. I think he still has a few custom coil machines for sale, as well as countless fine art prints and occasionally some original paintings, all for sale at GuyAitchison.com. Would also like to go through and say a very quick thank you and shout out to the Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols. Um, if you are looking to get a tattoo apprenticeship and you want to know the best way to go about doing that, um, if you want to know what a tattoo apprenticeship is like or what makes for a good tattoo apprenticeship, take a look at the Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols. Um, all of that information and more is all there. And I can't thank her enough for being an absolutely awesome human. Would also like to go through and say a very personal thank you and shout out to TATCOM and Aaron Williams, who's the mad scientist at TATCOM. Uh, these are the people that are diving into the science of how tattoos actually work. And they are then developing uh, certain equipment and machines and power supplies and all types of stuff that will help us tattoo at a better, more effective level. So take a look at TATCOM and Aaron Williams. Trust me, these guys are the cutting edge in tattoo equipment. You can't go wrong with them. Uh, as always, if you like today's show, we ask that you post a positive review on the channel, help us get the word out. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button down at the bottom of the page. Uh, this way, you'll never miss an episode coming up on the Reinventing the Tattoo YouTube channel. Um, if you would like to host a Reinventing the Tattoo event or become a sponsor of our community, or if you're looking for a fine art or a tattoo critique, you can always email management at reinventingthetattoo.com. We will get back to you as soon as we possibly can. And that kind of wraps up our intro for today. Um, Thank you very much, everyone, for joining me today. Um, and I am actually going to go through. Um, I had someone reach out to me not too long ago and ask about uh, needle configurations and needle recommendations. Um, unfortunately, when they reached out, it was a little too short notice. Uh, maybe next week we can get uh, Mark Lascarbo from Needle Jig on here to go through and maybe walk us through some of the finer points of um, tattoo needle configurations. Uh, I think that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, I would also like to say and give a thank you out there to Icon Device. Um, Icon Device created several articles many, many years ago uh, back in the 90s that kind of went through and started to cover some of these topics. Um, I'm actually looking at an icon device technical report. Um, and I'm happy to share some of that with you uh, today. Uh, one of the questions that was asked of me uh, recently, and let me see, share screen, 
share screen to Acrobat. Yes. Awesome. So one of the things that was asked about me was what's the difference in needle tapers um, and needle types and you know, certain people out there are using bug pins, which is great. Uh, technically all tattoo pins are bug pins, uh, even the bigger ones, number 12s and number 14s. Um, so just keep that in mind. They all started out as entomologist pins um, that were used for basically tacking like tiny little butterflies and mosquitoes and all types of other little crawly things. Um, two boards for scientific identification. Um, so please keep that in mind. Uh, one of the questions I was asked was about needle tapers and how that has an impact on the skin and best uses for stuff like that. Uh, once again, I'm going to try to get Mark Lascarbo on here uh, from Needle Jig Tattoo Supply, who is, in my opinion, one of the biggest authorities on tattoo needles um, and their uses and what's best practices for different things. Um, but this is just a little touch on that kind of a topic. Um, this is an article, like I said, I, I dug it up. It was in my archive from 1996. Um, and this is absolutely fascinating. Uh, the company Icon Device uh, went through and did a study about uh, different taper lengths, um, you know, circular configurations for shading and coloring, um, all different types of stuff. They did it in a very academic way. They actually did a um, size comparison chart to show you which needle configurations actually cover uh, the best amount of area for a solid outline. Um, and that's kind of what we're looking at here. Uh, you can see the number of pins that are used in the configuration, total area of the group, uh, the outer area of the circle. And I believe this is all measured in millimeters. Um, and you know what percentage of that area was actually filled by that configuration. Um, so just looking at some of these things, we can see that a um, a five a five round group covers sixty eight point one percent of an entire circle. Um, so if you're looking for a very very solid, clean, crisp, solid line, um, there you go. There's one way to do it. Uh, but we can also see that a grouping of four pins, even though it does cover a smaller area, actually covers more area of a full circle. Now that's nothing compared to a seven round group, which covers 77.8% of the area. Um, but as we get into things like odd numbers, like a uh, 13, although 13 does give you uh, an okay amount of coverage, 65%. Um, you know, it covers some weird needle grouping sizes. Uh, you know, it's not, you know, the best article out there, but it's got some great information on, you know, uh, needle spreads, tightening, um, spreading out the needles a little bit more. And it's got a bit of information on needle tapers. Um, so just to uh, share that a little bit there. Now, I do know that a lot of black and gray tattoo artists 
uh, are enthusiastic and will go through and they absolutely swear by uh, number 10 pins, which have a 0 0.30 uh, diameter. Um, those are fantastic. Some artists do struggle with them. Part of the reason why they struggle with them is if you are doing something more like traditional work, or if you're doing something more where you've got a lot of color that you really want to have saturated in one, one basic pass, you know, sometimes they're not the best. Um, they do create smaller holes in the skin, regardless of their taper. The overall diameter of the pin is limited. It's much smaller by design to create less trauma to the skin. Same thing goes with number eight pins, uh, 0.25 diameter pins. You have more pins per grouping, uh, but they are far smaller in diameter, regardless of their needle taper. Uh, so they will also cause less trauma to the skin. The problem that some people run into is that those smaller pin sizes might not be the best for doing lots of saturated color work. Part of the reasoning behind this is because of the smaller holes that are created. Granted, you can always adjust some techniques and that can help you out as well. Um, so just to go through and recap just a little bit of this needle conversation, I'm not trying to steal anyone's thunder here, uh, but I would highly recommend going through and taking a look at what you're using. Um, now, granted, using a larger pin for a lot more color saturation is going to cause more skin trauma, which is going to limit the number of times you might be able to work over that specific area. So maybe that's not the best choice for the style of tattoos that you do. Um, I also know a lot of artists out there that are now switching over to bug pin liners or 0.30 liners, number 10 pins. Um, Part of the reason why they're doing this is because they're saying that causes less trauma to the skin. It's going through and it's giving them an even better coverage. People are healing better. They're getting better saturation, especially if you're running your machine incredibly fast uh, to do your outlines. Maybe it's something you want to look into. Um, one of the things that you're going to have to keep in mind, though, is that if you're used to lining with number 12 long tapers or even medium taper liners, and you switch over to something like a number 10 pin for those liners, you may notice some a, a little bit of a lighter value of that line. And part of the reason behind that is because you are creating much smaller holes. Um, one way to counteract that would be to move your hand a bit slower or speed your machine up so that it's working a little bit faster to create more of those smaller holes in that same amount of area to get the same amount of coverage. Um, food for thought, wanted to share some of that. Um, there's a lot of intricacies that go into making specific needle configurations. A lot of people out there do go through and have their own preferences on, um, you know, I like these or this brand or this groupings. Um, you know, but groupings will vary based on brand. You can get a five round liner, a regular five round liner from eight different companies, and it'll be made eight different ways. Uh, for example, you can take a five round liner, a straight five round liner from Black Claw, 
will be very different than a straight five round liner from uh, say good guy supply or lucky supply um, or Cheyenne or quadrant. Um, what you may notice is that certain groupings are a bit tighter. They're a bit closer together as far as those pins go. So as those pins come to a point, you'll notice them start to get much, much closer together. Whereas other companies may have a lot more of a straight configuration to allow you to go through and really utilize the capillary action. Now, I have my own personal preferences on this. I think I've used just about every needle company that exists for different things to try different things to find out what I like. Um, and I have settled on a couple of different companies that, in my opinion, make great liners, they make great mags, uh, but it's all up to your own personal preference and the style of tattoos that you wish to do. Uh, sometimes it helps to have multiple configurations on hand from multiple companies. Uh, at the studio that I work at, I know I've got uh, number 12, which is your standard uh, tattoo pin, uh, 0.35 diameter. I have uh, number 12 long tapers, which have a 5.5 millimeter taper. I've got medium tapers, which have a three millimeter taper on them. I've got number 10 pins for mags. I've got number eight pins for mags. I've got uh, number 14 liners, which are far larger than uh, what most people are used to working with. Uh, those are 0 0.40 in diameter. Um, and those do create a very large, very bold, very saturated dark black line right out the gate. Uh, those usually come with an extra long taper usually somewhere between five and seven millimeters. Um, so keep that in mind. Why this comes into mind is because when we stop and we think about it, what is the average depth that we go into the skin when tattooing, right? Usually people are saying anywhere from one and a half to three millimeters depending on how you like to tattoo, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're only utilizing one and a half to three millimeters of depth, how is that really going to impact the type of taper and pin that you use, right? Because if you have a seven millimeter taper, you're not burying that pin all the way in seven millimeters. No, you're not. It, it's not, that's not really the way that that works. Because if you did that, I mean, you'd probably be going down into the subcutaneous layer of skin. And I mean, you want to talk about blowouts, man, Whew. blowout city. Um, so you will notice a bit of a difference in the tapers. The trick is to experiment, try a couple of things from a couple of places, find out what works best for you. Um, you know, this is something that I think a lot of these needle manufacturing companies, with a few exceptions, there are some exceptions out there. Um, I don't necessarily think that they factor all of this in to the needles that they produce, whether it's on bar or cartridge form. Um, you know, there I know one company out there that actually goes through and makes number 12 uh, regular standard needle diameter 
but they make a super, super extra long taper. And I think it's like a nine millimeter taper. Why would you ever need that? You're not going into the skin nine millimeters deep. And if you are, I feel really bad for your client. Because like, you want to talk about damage, that's damage. That is going to cause some absolutely irreparable damage to someone's skin. Do not use that. And I'm not going to mention what company it is. You don't need to go that far. In, okay. A third of that. But if you're only going in a third of that distance, what's the diameter at that distance? Because as needles tape, as a tattoo pin tapers, right? It increases in size exponentially, right? That's what allows it to come to a nice point. So at that, at a certain point on that taper, as it's getting wider and wider and wider and wider, it's going to reach a specific diameter. As it reaches that specific diameter, as you go deeper into the skin, that is going to be a very specific diameter. If you just lightly graze the skin, right? And you just kind of feather everything out super lightly all the time, you're maybe only going in like one to one and a half millimeters, right? You're barely scratching the surface. If maybe you have more of a, how can I put this, traditional technique, you know, you might be absolutely burying that thing in there just to jam it in. Um, which, by the way, I do not recommend. Uh, it causes a lot of excess trauma, and needles are sharp. They don't require a whole bunch of force to go into the skin. Yeah, it's true. Sorry. Um, that being said, look at how far down you're going. You know, that can have a lot of impact on what you decide to use moving forward. Food for thought, my two cents. Like I said, uh, I'm going to try to get a subject matter expert or two in here, if at all possible, uh, to go through and talk about some of this stuff a bit more in depth. Um, and that is hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, maybe next week or the week after we can start exploring that and looking into that. Um, so for anyone out there that might have a question on that, you are more than welcome to shoot me a message, shoot me a DM, um, and I will pull up my, let's see, do, uh, no, yes. Yes. So you will notice up at the top of the screen right here where my finger is pointing, you will see my Instagram handle shoot me a message on Instagram. I will be more than happy to discuss this to my extent of knowledge a little bit further on if anyone should have any questions. Um, when you start diving down the rabbit hole of the technical side of tattooing, it's a very mysterious place. And I think that there are a lot of artists out there that are basically just guided and told, listen, just use this. You'll be fine. You don't need to know why. Just know that this works well for this. Or this is what this person uses. So this is what I use 
I don't know why it works that way, but it does. When you have a deeper understanding of the technical side of tattooing, whether it's, um, you know, machines, needle tapers, types of pigments that are manufactured, are they acrylic dispersion? Are they water dispersion? Are they light fast? Are they large flake powder? Um, you know, all of these things can come to mind and they can go through and have a monumental impact on the quality of work that you do, uh, depending on the type of work that you want to do. You may want to switch up what you're using, right? If I get someone that comes in that wants something fine line, black and gray, I'm going to use something different than if I have someone that comes in that wants a really bold, old school, traditional piece, right? Because different jobs require different tools. Um, you know, that's it. It's think about it like, you know, working. I don't know, working on a lathe, right? Making, I don't know, anything long and round and spinning it so it's got those nice little notches in it and everything like that. Well, you can't use a wood lathe to turn metal. I know I've tried, did not work, burnt the motor out, had to get a new one. Not a good idea. Okay. And if you can find a way to retrofit a wood lathe to make it work for metal, let me know. Please. I'd love to get back into metalworking again. Um, but I don't have a metal lathe. So I figured, okay, I'll give it a shot with the wood lathe and see if I can make things work. Not a good idea. Do not try that at home. It is going to be an absolute mess and you will probably destroy a lot of things. That being said, um, you need to have the right tools for the right job. Know that maybe you have to switch some stuff up. Maybe you have to change some things. Maybe you need to try something new. You know, we never know until we try if something new is going to work better for us or maybe what we were using before was working better. But give it an honest shot. You know, say you're used to using only number 12 long tapers. Go out, buy a box of your most commonly used size, whether it's, you know, um, eight round shader or, uh, I don't know, 14 round shader or seven mag or whatever, right? Go out, buy a box at a smaller diameter size. Now, keep this in mind. If you're using a standard number 12 and you buy a smaller diameter, it is not going to cover the same amount of area. If you're going from a number 12, seven mag, and you start using you want to try out using number 10s. Based on the diameter of the pin, you'll need to go with a 9 mag, not a 7 mag. Because remember, these pins are smaller, so it's going to cover smaller area. So if you're used to it, if you are used to mags covering a certain area, you buy the next size up, right? Same thing could be said for using number 8s instead of number 12s. If you're using a uh, number 12, seven mag, maybe you want to buy a number 11 mag in number eights, right? Once again, smaller pin size, smaller diameter, smaller area of coverage. So if you want to cover the same amount of area, sometimes you need to adjust the number of pins in that configuration. Um, 
once again, this is all part of the technical side of tattooing. Um, you never know until you try. I use certain things for certain things, uh, maybe fine line black and gray. Maybe I'll use a number eight, you know, a number eight round mag, you know, maybe from Needle Jig Tattoo Supply. Uh, they make great number eight mags, by the way. I highly recommend you take a look. Um, maybe I'll use that. Maybe I'll use a number 10 from Cheyenne. Who knows? Uh, but depending on the look I'm going for and how smooth I want those black and gray blends to be, I may vary some things up. You're going to get a much smoother blend with a number eight than you will with a number 10. Um, it's also going to cause less skin irritation. The problem is, well, maybe you're putting less pigment into the skin. So that means as you're going through and you're creating that value in that piece, it's probably not going to heal as dark as you think. Definitely not as dark as it would with a number 10 or a number 12. So keep that in mind. Give it a shot. Play with it. You never know until you try, but give it an honest try, right? Uh, don't just grab one and be like, oh, it doesn't work, right? Well, how do you know that? Have you spent the time to try it long enough to figure out how to get it to work and the benefits and disadvantages of it? You know, even if you've been tattooing for 20 years, trying something out one time isn't going to give you a good whole, like, whole perspective of whether or not that works for you. Um, so highly recommend go through, take a look, try some stuff out, see what works. Maybe it's a different brand. Maybe, maybe you find that you like Black Claw over Cheyenne or you like uh, Needle Jig over Good Guy Supply. You never know. Um, take a look. You can't go wrong by trying something out once or twice. You know, if you want to have the right tools for the right job, maybe it's time to switch some things up. Just food for thought here. Um, I did uh, lowbrow know-how. What's up, Mickey? Um, Mickey is in the chat. What's going on, bud? Uh, got to spend some time with Mickey Schlick uh, up at the Paradise Gathering. Mickey, you are absolutely awesome, dude. Uh, thank you for tuning in. And it was an absolute pleasure hanging out with you at Paradise Gathering. Um, oh, you, if you need the Zoom link, man, I can always... Um, I can always text you that if you feel like jumping in. Just drop a uh, comment in the YouTube and I'll send it right over. Let's see. Got my text messages. There we go. Uh, copy. Boom. Zoom link sent. Uh, we will be visited by the great Mickey Schlick in just a few minutes. Which is awesome. Uh, Mickey quickly became a very good friend up at the Paradise Gathering. 
um, we bonded over lots of different stuff and different ideas and our passion and love of tattooing. Um, so highly, highly recommend. Take a look at his work. It's absolutely sick. Phenomenal artist. Um, and we're just kind of waiting for him to join in. Woohoo! Yeah, for those uh, people out there that are really looking to level up their tattoo game, that are really looking for places where they can go to get the the most up to date information and the most advanced uh, courses available, take a look at the Paradise Gathering. It's phenomenal. And Mickey Schlick has joined us. What's going on, bud? Good. How you doing? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Oh, yeah. Good to see you. Yeah. Likewise, man. Likewise. Ah. Uh, so today we were talking about uh, needle tapers and needle diameters and needle sizes. And um, I had someone reach out to me and was wondering, you know, like what was best for color. And there's so many options out there in this day and age, like where to even begin to understand some more of the technical side of this stuff. Um, unfortunately, the they. Right, right. So I, I've always been a big fan of, you know, you've got your middle of the road and when you get used to the middle of the road and you know how to use that for everything, then you can start veering one way or the other, right? Trying some stuff out because you already know that you can get this to work. Right. right. Uh, but what have your experiences been? Uh, any feedback, uh, any, anything you would recommend or anything like that? Um, I, I feel like I have a system worked out, but I'm always trying to figure out a way to like accurately and, um, consistently use like bigger needles. So every couple of years I'm like, well, let's try this couple bigger sizes and see how it goes. Um, and then sometimes you burn through machines like that and sometimes it works. So uh, I try to stick to like number 12s, number 10s. Um, I feel like if I go below number 10, then it kind of gets like, I'm not really getting enough saturation out of it to do anything where like with a 12, I could get it that soft anyway. Right. Right. So it's like a diminishing return. And then like, I do, I think like square five, seven and nine mags. And then rounded mags, 11 and up. And then, yeah, sevens and threes. And pretty much stick to that as far as uh, liners. But I think that the most under underused stuff is like five shaders and five mags and oh, stuff yeah. that will get you into those little tiny corners without beating it up too bad. Right, right. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of that. Um for the longest time I would, I would buy square mags just so I could use like the corners and get in the corners and use tiny little details in there and stuff. Um, 
and then one of my coworkers brought it up to me. Uh, this was probably six months ago. He's like, dude, why don't you just use a small round shader? And I, I had completely forgotten that those even existed. I yep. felt I felt well, can, absolutely stupid at that point in time. I was like, you can even shade in the corner with the with the liner if you get up to it. But right. like, yeah, you got to do something. The rounds I tried doing just rounds for a long time for I don't know about a long time, but a couple years, and it's just not tight enough. Yeah, yeah, I know that there's a couple of companies out there. They've started to develop uh, like domed and curved round mags in a larger grouping. So it's more like using a paintbrush. Um, I've been really interested in trying some of those out. Uh, and they've got like insane groupings, like uh, 42 round shaders, but they've got like a slight dome to them. So they're not yeah. really going to beat the skin up. So um, I burnt through five Numas this year. What? Trying like all of the crazy, like big mags and all of that shit. So there was one time it tipped over on my desk that maybe that caused a problem. Like I had set it upside down on the battery and it fell over sideways, but it never like dropped or anything like that. So I really think that it was like leaning on super big needles for, you know, whatever, light gray background or like it's a Appaloosa horse, but it's a whole thigh. You want to knock it out, you know, in a reasonable amount of time. So and and like at a reasonable consistency all the way through so my idea was go for the big needles which is great but like even if you buy the machine from that company they'll they sell us a, a special like uh ink claw or whatever they sell us a machine for their big needle groupings but they're like if you're doing long sessions you need to you need a couple machines so you can change it out every two hours so everything you know it the the <clears throat> There's a whole series of, of products and things that are made where like, if they don't all match up just right, then it's going to cause a problem. Right. So like, that's the thing with the NUMA is like NUMA got me to go from L shape to pin because it had, it has properties that I like, especially as far as being able to dismantle it and clean it in a specific way that I like. Um, however, I don't know. I think that the direct load on the spindle um, is not something that it's it's made for. Like even in the instructions, it's like, hey, don't press on this or don't put any pressure on this, uh, you know, the spindle part. Um, and so I'm now I'm sure a bunch of machines are like that, right? When When it's not supposed to put in when it's not supposed to do that much work, right. It's going to do that much work. Where's the, um, you know, what part's going to take the damage. And if it's the motor, then you're kind of out of luck. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Uh, and the way that these machines are built nowadays, especially these pen style machines, man, the tolerances on the inside of the machine are so small. Yeah. Like literally nothing can go wrong and you have to use it in just the right way. Otherwise you are risking burning out that motor or the drive shaft or the spindle or the cams. Um, I actually burned through a, uh, one of my old Solnova machines. I was trying to use a, a pretty decent sized. I think it was like a 35 or a 45 mag with it um, from Kingpin because I was the only company that made them at the time. 
So I was like, oh, great. Awesome. Yeah. Large fields of black and gray, bring it on. Um, but I ended up burning through a motor and what it ended up being uh, coming from the notes from the people that actually repaired the machine. It was actually the, so the way that the interiors are built, it's actually a linear drive, almost a direct drive kind of a motor with a drive shaft that comes down that allows for that up and down motion. Well, the problem is, is that by applying so much pressure to that drive shaft, it actually knocked the offset cam on the motor out of alignment. And that caused that to bind up and that right. in the machine. Yeah, so it's not like a catastrophic, you put it down and it's going to stop. It's just going to stop, start making noise or start heating oh, yeah. up, forming back poorly. Spectra or uh, FK used to have one called the Spectra Direct that I really like because you could just buy a different motor and pop that motor on. Right. So like ready to go. Like, okay, this is a, you know, and that would be a cool thing to see, right? Is if you could come out with like, hey, this is a normal piece of wear and tear. And if you're using needles above this size, you're going to go through your motor twice as fast. So just order them, you know, all this, like send it back and be down for three weeks and then get it back. Like, let me just order the motor for a hundred bucks and pop it on. Right. So, but it's a growing industry and everybody's got new ideas. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I just came across a machine the other day that was um, variable stroke length, wireless pen that had like seven and a half hours of runtime. Yeah. New brand at medium voltage. And I'm sitting back and I'm thinking to myself, like this machine is very reasonably priced. Um, definitely more towards like the low end for what we're used to paying for pen style machines. Yeah, um, but I think it, it was around four or 500 bucks, but it was variable stroke length, came with two batteries, right? Um, everything was easily wrapped and sealed. And I'm sitting back thinking to myself like, What's the cleaning situation on it? Can you see it exploded? You know, well, can you see it you, they don't show you diagrams of it exploded. But my next question was actually, well, okay, that's cool and all, but how strong is the motor? Because right. if that motor can't handle a load, then it's absolutely a piece of junk. No. Or for a reasonable amount of time, right? Because that's how it was right. with the with the mass batteries too. It's like, okay, well, I can get two batteries from critical for 300 bucks, or I can get 10 of them from Amazon and just, you know, two a year of use is a year of use. Right. Like, you know, if this 300 bucks is going to last me a year, well, you know, I think that's all stuff that you can factor in might still be worth it to do that. Right. You know, True. I think I recently switched to a, I have a high kind of like higher torque motor right now. And like, even though I really love the NUMA and I really like loved what I was doing with it, definitely like, First couple of times I broke this new thing out, I was like, wow, this feels like easy mode. Yeah. Like it's, there's a big difference in like, I, I mean, I don't know exactly what the difference is. It's gotta be something in the motor or like something in the like torque of the motor or the, the fact that, you know, there's not an extra internal spring involved or I don't, I don't really know, but it feels good to work with. Yeah. Well, and that's what matters, man. Um, I think when you, when you're talking about motor torque and whatnot, um, a lot of that ends up being dependent upon how much load and how much resistance that motor can handle, um, before it like stops or shuts down or anything like that. Um, and the more of a load you put on that, 
the more energy it's going to draw to kind of kind of compensate for it. Um, by having a higher torque motor, it's going to be able to withstand more more tension, more uh, more of a load on that motor, so that that way it's not going to draw as much power, um, and it's going to last you a little bit longer. You're probably going to get a much stiffer hit, uh, much more impact driven because it's blasting through any kind of skin tension, even over large areas, it'll just blast straight through it. Um, What I found is that if I'm using a bigger mag, obviously I'm gonna want a little bit of a longer stroke uh, just to create that downward force over a much larger area. But I also slow my machine way down so that that's really taking advantage of a low speed, high torque kind of setting. So I know that no matter what I'm trying to push, I know it can push it. The problem is, is that, okay, well, now I'm compensating total area of coverage for speed of my hand, right? So my hand's moving, I'm covering more area, but my hand's moving slower. So is it really a benefit? You know, so it's kind of like six on one hand, half dozen in the other. Then again, I've never tried the Numa with the high torque motor. So that may be a game changer. Which one's that? That's the macro one, a little bit bigger one. Yeah, Yeah. that's the last one I did. And then like I had, I had, yeah, I don't want to talk shit on them because I like them. But like, it didn't work out for me this year. And then the one that I, I'm going to still, I'll I'll still buy another one because I have so many grips, you know? Yeah. Um, But and I think now I'm kind of getting to the point where like, I wouldn't really mind having two setups. I've liked having one, only one setup for a bunch of years. And now I'm just like, well, I do black and gray in color. It's just a little bit different. So let's like have something set up for the color a little bit differently than I do everything else. Right on. Yeah, I, I definitely set up a little bit differently for color as well. Uh, everything from needle configurations to machine that I use. Um, you know, I do know that there are a few new machines that are currently in development from certain unnamed companies that I happen to uh, know people that work for. Um, yeah, that's where my new one came from, too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be really, really interested to see what some of the feedback is and what some of these new innovations are that are going to well, be coming out. Have you, have you talked to anybody using the critical one? Uh, I've heard a lot of great things about the critical torque. Um, have you heard what? Have you heard anything about the noise? Uh, like, no, I haven't. Noise. Okay, cool. I heard one person say one thing, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's a thing. No, everyone I know that runs it says it's the quietest, uh, one of the most powerful machines, like handheld pen style machines, they've ever currently used. Um, they love its consistency. They love its hit factor. They love the batteries on it. Um, you know, I haven't heard anything negative from anyone that owns one. So there, yeah, that's good to hear. So I have, uh, that person that we know that works for that company. Um, my buddy at my shop has been using that for a long time. And it's like, I don't know. I picked it up when I, you know, swear by it or whatever. Um, and he's always interested in different machines and stuff, but he's been using that for a while. So then, you know, at one point or when this last thing happened, I was like, just give me the, 
I got the same one so I could use my same batteries, but I right. can't use my same batteries. So I messed that up. But um, uh, it's, you know, not been long enough to really make a big call or talk about it, but it's been a pleasant surprise. And I am like not an adopter, right? Like I don't like, I don't even like Apple stuff because it's the same thing, right? You have to buy all of our products and we own all the rights. And so you have to come through us and like, yeah. I'm not into that, but works pretty good. Yeah. Well, you know, that there's something to be said for stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if it works well and it does the job with minimum effort and efficiency, then, or minimum effort and maximum efficiency, then, you know, is it, is it a trade-off because that's freeing up your time? Um, and time is something we can't earn more of. Absolutely. So I, I'm really interested to see some of the new developments coming out either later this year or next year. Um, I think there's going to be some major game changes coming through. I'm very excited to see it. Um, uh, absolutely. I definitely have um, been trying to talk to some people about doing some things. You being one of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, we should, we should talk about that. Is this the forum for that? Um, I mean, I, I'm always down for something like that. Uh, okay. Mickey and I were just to recap over this past weekend at paradise. Uh, Mickey and I were talking about 3D modeling and creating 3D uh, references. Um, uh, something Mickey is very good at doing and I'm not. So, you know, good combination here. Um, you know, I think, I think when we put our heads together, man, um, you know, I'm very, very much down for trying something and seeing how well it takes. Um, you know, I'm down for it, man. I'm down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. As I tell a lot of people, I'll try almost anything. Else. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, ask me, you ask me after that if I like it. Right. You know, if it works, it works, you know, and I gave it a go and I put some effort into it. And, you know, maybe it panned out, maybe it didn't. But you never know until you try. So. Exactly. Yeah, we can definitely talk some more about that. Uh, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I can give you a buzz tomorrow and we can sit down and figure out some specifics. Yeah, I'd be into that. Cool, cool. Um, um, I'm also well, or I can, even just, I, can, I can just write you and tell you what I need and I'm sure you're going to be like, oh, that's it. And I'm going to be like, yep. And then I'll send you my end of it back. And if we both like it, we package it and you sell it or give it away. Cool, done. You know? Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. Um, obviously I'd say, you know, let's try to find a market for it, whether it's tattoo smart or Etsy or any number. Well, that's actually, that's, that's also a thing and also a conversation I'm getting ready to have with Gabe and Jake about, uh, some stuff that I've been kind of exposed to and we don't really have in tattooing, but we really should. Um, and so you know, and I'm highly concerned about respect and like not stepping on anybody's toes. And I'm not completely um, certain what everybody has. I go outside of tattooing for a lot of my information. Um, so I'm kind of trying to talk to them about like, you know, what's out there and what's possible. And then how can we set, step it up a notch from there? Right. 
you know, how can we bring something to the table that's like uh, new and inventive and like inclusive as far as like, you know, I think that a lot of our, a lot of our classes and attention is focused on like people learning to tattoo, but like the people that have been tattooing and are confident in their stuff, there's like another level of things that you can get into as far as storytelling, as far as, you know, problem setting up uh, uh, websites, problems with marketing, things like that, health, fitness, like all kinds of stuff that could fall into like a certain category of things where like tattooers like to learn stuff from tattooers. Yeah. We like, like we stick in the group. So like, you know, even though this stuff is out there spread out and scattered, we could house it kind of in one place. And um, so, yeah, we'll see if there's any interest. My problem is I have all these ideas and like, then I don't end up spending my time drawing. So I want to like find people that are interested and like figure out how to, uh what would you call it uh crowd not crowdfunding but like crowd efforting or whatever crowdsourcing yes crowdsourcing that crowdsourcing the effort involved and really like you know imagine if you could like do your class one time and then sell that and then work through it with people as they're going through it and then you don't have to teach the class a bunch of times because you have the class and you can spread it out over a series of weeks and then that's that's actually something that um i used to deal with coming from a background in higher education um i used to work for a major university in philadelphia and that was something that that was like a learning model that they took on early on um they were calling it a flipped classroom uh basically we give you all the information up front and then we do focus groups study groups and work groups to help you work through and reinforce all of the information, but you're given the information up front, right? For sure. You know, and they would host, you know, weekly or twice a week sessions to go through and kind of help people work through problems they may be having, help them understand things to another level. Um, And it worked really, really well because you can turn around and say, oh, well, you know, if you look at this here, you know, this information was given to you if you run into these circumstances or this is the way to do this in this way. Um, This is what I found to be the best option for this if you encounter this, you know, so the information's there. So reference chapter three, section two, um, subparagraph, you know, eight or whatever um, to go through and kind of address the issue that you're having. And let's work through that. Let's practice this so that you're better at it. Um, you know, and it, it works phenomenal. Uh, the statistics that have been done on teaching people in that kind of a manner are through the roof. Um, people are learning more, they're learning faster and they're retaining the information even better. Uh, and that's something that I think we need, uh, to kind of go through and address in this community, because you've got certain people that maybe they learned something years ago, but they never retained it or they learned it in their apprenticeship and they're, you know, forgot it three weeks later. Yeah. You have to hear it again years later sometimes to be like, Oh yeah, that's what he was talking about. Right. So um, I think it could really change a lot of things. Um, And I think, you know, it could be a game changer, Um, you know, but it's little things like that. Uh, But having an area 
for people to go through and do things like that, right. to have that kind of reinforcement, that's where I think, you know, we're maybe lagging a little bit behind because right now we're offering a lot of these seminars. We're offering a lot of these uh, on-demand webinars, stuff like that. And that's great. We're giving you the information, but we don't have any focus groups set up to reinforce that. The, that's what I, I have this whole like mind map of like this whole set of ideas of like how to, you know, spread it all out. And part of it was the, exactly what you're saying, which is like, we have the seminars and then have the groups. And then you can also have like the live seminars where like you actually get the feedback and hey, here's the stuff that you need to know before you come into the seminar. So you can ask the questions that'll get you a step further. And then like also long format classes where it's like, hey, here's the schedule. You have an assignment this week. We're only doing this for five weeks. So this is the thing this week. You don't have to complete a thing. We, we, you don't have to have a finished assignment. We just want to make sure that you understand what's going on and then go to the, go to the next thing. And then as people go through it, you can have the people who have been through the class successfully help to teach the class so that the person instructing the class or who did the original class is still getting paid for their content, but doesn't have to like, can work on new things, doesn't have to repeat the same thing forever. Right. So makes sense. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, definitely. Like, I think that's something that's getting ready to probably start taking off there's so many of these little places where it's like hey you can have these long format seminars where it's like four to four to eight hours on a topic but almost no feedback um but there's also a bunch of artists who will give you feedback if you pay you know if you go and pay for that feedback but if you combine those two things to where it was like hey dude we're just going to do this instead of at random we're going to do it we're going to set it up and do it you know we're going to batch people through even if it's five people at a time um and start you know leveling up and spreading out right on i definitely think there's more like i would like to get into like entertainment stuff you know like even stuff like outside of tattooing where it's like hey the entertainment people have the tools and know the stuff that like technically if they could tattoo they could really kick some ass um and I think that the same is true going the other way, right? Like a lot of tattoo people have really dope stories to tell and really great content ideas and like learning how to blend those two schools of thought is really going to bring a ton of new ideas into tattoo. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and new ideas are critical for evolution, for, you know, taking things to another level. Um, if you don't have new ideas, if you are consistently just doing the exact same thing all the time, nothing's ever going to change. And if you're not changing, if you're not, you know, evolving, then you're going to be left behind. And, and it's an uphill battle, dude. Like you have to, you have to seek that stuff out, man. Like it's hard for me because even right now, I'm the thing I'm working on right now is like, I'm going to go tattoo it in 50 minutes and it's not done and I'm not ready. Mm. And like, but I'm more ready than I've ever been more ready than I could possibly be with anything else. I'm going to share my screen with you. Um, so, you know, I'm doing as good as I could possibly be doing with it, but I know that if I spent another, I don't know, 
couple weeks. Uh, did it not do it? Hold up. No, no, no. There you go. Uh, so I know that like I could make this more realistic. I could make the fur more furry. I didn't separate the inside of the mouth out or the nose. So everything's kind of one color. I'm going to have to change that in post. Well, it's going to be black and gray anyway, but like I want to change, I want to check all these angles to see how I'm going to best make this, you know, or make this into a sleeve. So I have, um, let me save this one file, save scene as. And what program is this? Um, well, I did the sculpt in ZBrush, but this program is called Marmoset. So this is just for like lighting and texturing. Gotcha. Um, but if I load this other scene, this is probably the one that I like the most. So by focusing on these characters one time um, and really focusing on the bull and then really focusing on the bear and the claws and all that stuff. And then when you put it all together, well, now I can move them around in space. I can set up my lights where I want them. You know, you can see it on the screen, like how far right. the lights are or whatever. You can change the color of the lights, the temperature of the lights, the aperture of the camera, the focal length of the camera. You can, you're making your own reference image Right, so then you just get it into place, say render it, and it, you know you have your reference image. Um, so, like in this piece in particular, there's some textures and stuff that I would like to do to make it more realistic, but that's completely unnecessary for me to tattoo it. Right, like I can take it from here to a tattoo pretty easy. And the other cool thing, I don't know if it'll let me show you. Um. You share the screen. Oh, it's still showing it. Okay. So if we say scopes, bear and bull. So without opening them, actually, I can't open them up. Let me do this. You should be able to preview the image. Yeah, I can preview it, but I can also open. Is it going to do it? I should be able to open them all in Photoshop in one document and it will um, and it'll just layer them all up for me and then I can just flip through the layers. Um, but, you know, off of it takes a long time to do the sculpt. It took me a day, but now I have I'm going to go in there with 15 different pieces that are just like this one that's about to pop up. Come on. Yeah, boom. So now I say, okay, so I'm only going to use, oh, this is an AI one I found. Um, not that one. Nope. So if we come in here and we open my file thing back up and we do from here to here. So all these are different layouts that I could potentially use for this piece, right? The lines are done. It rendered it that way for me. So I spend all my time focusing on like how I want the scene to look and how I want, you know, everything to be. I'm going to have to do a little bit of detailing on my own at the end of the day to like make it look like fur or put the reflections into the eyes and stuff like that. But um, I can go in and show my client, hey, it could be like this or 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 like this. And by embracing all of these technologies, I mean, starting at Procreate is like 
going to make all of us so much more productive and able to turn things out so much faster. And even this, right, is like I could make if five people came in with the same sleeve idea, I could just say, here you go. And there are five different ones lit differently, lighted differently with different reference material to go with them. Um, so, yeah, that's my current that's my current thing. And that's really what I'm trying to like. I'm trying to market it for myself, but I also think that like a lot of people in the industry are going to find that super powerful and easy, you know, easier than they expected. Right. Yeah. I, and you know, it's going to simplify the whole process, you know, going through using 3d model to go through and basically create these scenes is really going to simplify a lot of things. Um, and it's going to give you unlimited options. Say you have someone that comes in that wants a Raven from one 3d model, just by spinning it around and getting a different perspective or angle on it, you can use the same model for an unlimited number of tattoos. Maybe you've got one that's more of an upward angle. Maybe you've got one that's more of a downward angle or three quarter views. Well, that's, yeah, that's the, that's the beauty of it, right? Is like, you can make the one that's just straight on and then you can make three different poses and then you can make a brush out of that where like you just pick which bird and pull it out. And if you need to populate, you know, a set of roofs or whatever it is, or like, you know, you want one of these things to be like a zombie crow or raven, like you don't have to go start back at a blank page every time. Right. And have that one and then one day when you're like it would be way doper if it looked like this you just take the three minutes to do whatever that takes because you already have this base and i think that like that's going to help a lot of people like develop style too because you know a person's work looks like their work because it they're kind of like repeating like this is how i draw that thing right, right? so like if I did a dragon one time and then can make five back pieces that are slightly different out of like the similar thing, then those are all going to look the same. And that's going to go towards helping develop a style. Cause me personally, I like to do it different every time. Right. Um, so if I do the dragon, like I can do the new sculpture different every time and then use that to sell the tattoo ideas. And then, adjust as necessary once it gets when once it comes to like showtime yeah it's awesome man yeah potentials are endless with that kind of stuff and i think what like you know it's not going to replace any kind of like um you still need to know how to draw you still need to know how to paint you still need to know how to mix paints draw you know pull a line all all all, all the good stuff but once you got once you know for the people that feel they have that nailed down like yeah this is the new frontier and it's going to be great for everybody i think there are some artists out there that might view that as a shortcut oh absolutely if, if you can import say a 3d model from any number of different areas um you know any number of different websites out there nowadays are offering you know high resolution fully rendered extremely detailed 3d models for whatever it is you can imagine so by you know i think that there will be some people that go through that you know kind of view that as like oh well okay here's this 3d model from this site 
and they just use that to create this image, you know, I can do that too. You know, so now I think you might end up getting into the same situation that you might be, you know, when you're looking at say stock images, for example. Um, stock images are constantly used throughout the industry. I know certain artists that literally will go through and find stock images of whatever it is they need to tattoo, Photoshop them together. And it's like, if you find that one stock image, you can literally recreate that whole composition, right? So I think some people may view that as like a shortcut to yeah, not they, I necessarily mean, have to learn how to draw anymore. But you're, I, feel I like, think you are correct when it comes down to compositional layout, which is a big thing. Um, understanding the human body and the three-dimensional form of the body, how everything's going to lay out on that. That's something that it's going to take time for them to realize. Well, and I think it's, I, I would look at it more as of a long cut to being able to create your own reference image and having zero uh, uh, holdbacks to being able to create whatever you want. True. You know, like you can look at it for me this is i couldn't i don't know that i could have done this i for sure couldn't go from the reference image to the tattoo without knowing how to draw shade color the whole kit and caboodle right yeah i had to get there first but then now that i'm like okay well this is basically just what i do every day and i don't really take the time to draw for myself because um i want to have that client there and i want to be talking to them and knowing exactly how it's going on their body to be able to design it in the exact right way primarily so that i'm not wasting time right i don't want to like have this whole drawing and then have to redesign the whole thing now that i have a tablet i do that because i can keep everything separated out in layers um right. and it's no big deal to like make some edits but now i can do that preemptively right now i can now there's a motif right i want momzilla a mom holding a baby Godzilla, a mom Godzilla holding a baby Godzilla, right? So this is something a client asked for it, but it's been done before. Other people have done it. It's a great motif. Tons of people that, you know, I'm sure I could sell a bunch of times. So if I go through and do it this way and then take all the reference images and then now, oh man, I just learned about the coolest thing on, uh, I was watching a marketing podcast right, right before this. And uh, they were talking about finders fees for your clients. Right. So, hey, all you clients that are my clients and you like me and we're on the Tattoo Now software and we can target the people that I already know that are my specific clients. And I say, hey, you want to make 100 bucks or you want to make 200 bucks? Watch this video. So you go watch that video. The video says, hey, man, I'm trying to do these back pieces of like this neo-Japanese stuff. Here's the stuff. Here's what I'm trying to do. If you help me land one of these and somebody gives me your name, uh, I'll, get, I'll call you and give you 100 bucks. I'll give you a hundred dollar bill. Uh, that really can like empower your marketing quite a bit. I feel like absolutely. Well, especially so there, if you're offering monetary reward for it. And there's a ton of like just little things that are just not covered in tattooing, but like the digital landscape is getting so huge with all the schools and all the techniques and all the different things that you need to be on top of to be like current in the world. Um, you know, I think that like, yeah, we have a lot of people in our industry that need to know a lot of that stuff. So we should reach out. Oh yeah, man. That's what I'm going to try yeah. to do. It's a good way to do it too. You know, back in the day they used to have a, um, 
some places used to do like a referral, you know, and they used to take business cards and on the back of it, you know, they would number them one to 10 with the person's name on it. And, you know, I know one artist specifically in the area that I live and work used to do this regularly. They would go out and they would ha- take an existing client out for drinks, right? And they would give them 10 business cards with their name on it and, you know, their individual number. And they said, listen, for every person that you bring in that gets, you know, X amount of work done by me, that's going to be a discount off your next tattoo. Um, we gave, we're getting ready to talk about that in the Tattoo Now group uh, uh, affiliate stuff. So affiliate for us marketing that software. And also affiliate for us having like, it's like VIP client. We, we call it something, but it's the same thing. Affiliate program where it's like, Hey, I'm going to give you a business card with your code on it or a sticker on this, whatever it is with your code on it. So when clients come to me from you, I know who they're coming from. Right. And then you can, yeah. And then you can really like reward people for being out there for you. Yeah. And I think it would do wonders, man. Um, you know, I, I keep joking around with people at my studio that are regular clients. Like, listen, here's, I, I almost want to make up like punch cards, right? Like, you know, come in X amount of times and, you know, knock a hundred bucks or 150 bucks off your next tattoo, regardless of the size, assuming that it's going to be a hundred dollars or more. Right. Um, you know, and, you know, come in 10 times for 10 little ones, get, you know, the 11th one, even if it's a smaller size, you know, maybe get that one for a half price, uh, something sure. along those lines um, to help start to drive things like that, because it, it's something that, you know, I think they would get value out of, I would get value out of it, uh, because it's keeping them coming back saying, oh, well, you know, I come in a couple more times, you know, I get this discount for the next time, you know, right. Great. Maybe I'll come in and I'll get a couple of little jammers for hundred, 150 bucks each. Cool. My one, my one caveat to that is like, if you're going to go through the work to do that, promote that shit, you really want to do. I'm 20 years into like making people happy and I'm having like, you know, not a hard time figuring out exactly what I want to do. I know that I like to do a lot of different stuff. So I like variety, but at the same time, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm trying to really like steer myself into a specific lane or a specific side of the freeway, at least. Um, so yeah, definitely like use that to market the things that like you really want to do for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll let you go, man. It's almost 2.30. I know you got that tattoo waiting for you. Yeah, cool. I'm going to take go off, but thank you very much. Uh, it was good talking you to you. Thank you for jumping in, man, as well. Yeah, I'm going um, to send you a text back about super simple, and then we'll make a thing that's also super simple, but I think could probably be helpful to people. Awesome, awesome. Uh, well, cool. Why don't you let everyone know how they can get a hold of you? MakeySlick.com or Mickey Schlick every on any social media. Uh, I also have a bunch of other websites, but we don't need to get into that. Uh, <laughs> if you DM me or talk to me, I usually talk back. Um, 
and I'm happy to talk to people about any tattoo or um, digital, basically anything. So, yeah, have a good day. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome, man. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. You too. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure hosting this for you. Uh, I will see everyone again uh, next Sunday. That would be the 29th of October at 1 p.m. Uh, my name is Jason Leeser, as always. And if you ever want to get a hold of me, feel free to shoot me a DM right up here on Instagram. Um, or you can always email me, uh, jason at reinventingthetattoo.com. And I'll be happy to respond to your emails just as quickly as you can imagine. Thank you very much, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And uh, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button down at the bottom of the page. And stay tuned for other episodes coming up later in the week.